0: Hello, Innovate IPM community. It is Rob Williams, your host of the Innovate IPM podcast. So glad to be with you today. And today we talk with Dr. Lin Song, the director of the University of Houston Construction Management Program, along with Professors Dr. Ahmed Sanusi, Dr. Lou Gao, and Professor Dave Stasich. Those of us in the Houston, Texas area are fortunate to have the University of Houston in our community. They provide world-class education and research in both engineering and construction, among many other things. And that research is today's topic. Our guests are working at the core of innovation in the construction industry. They should be. The University of Houston Industrial Construction Management is located in the Western Hemisphere's primary hub of the industrial world and the energy capital of the U.S., Houston. So it is an honor for me to have these guys on the show you will enjoy this conversation about the research into construction productivities module transportation scheduling research and even the gamification of construction training but before we get started I want to send you a reminder, as always, please go to InnovateIPM.com, sign up up for the email list, where you will get news and notifications for all the new things that happen with Innovate IPM. Sometimes that's trainings, sometimes that's new podcast episodes, sometimes that's blog posts, so be sure and do that, stay in tune, also... Please go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It helps more listeners like you find us. And without further ado, let's talk to Dr. Song, Dr. Sanusi, Dr. Gao, and Professor Stasich. song and gentlemen it's an honor to have you on the innovate ipm program thank you so much uh, for joining us so today we have on the podcast, Dr. Song, the department director and professor of U of H construction management department. Uh, Dr. Song, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Uh, thank you, Rob. It's a great opportunity to uh, have the chance to speak with you all. Uh, I've been with the University of Houston for a short 16 years. so joining the university in 2004. We call ourselves uh, the Industry's University Program. Uh, serving the industry is all well, we are about, preparing industry-ready graduates, uh, conducting applied. Research in the uh, innovation. The department offer a bachelor and a master um, degree programs. Uh, in particular, we have the country's first um, uh, educational program toward industrial construction. So I spend most of my day on the industrial, you know, industry partnership training, uh, industry applied research. So glad to have this opportunity to, to uh, share my thoughts about the construction innovation. And also along with me are my colleagues. Um, I would ask them to take the turn to introduce themselves. Um, first is Dr. Ahmed. Sanossi, Dr. Lugal, and the Professor Dave Stasic. So let me start um, with Dr. Ahmed Sanossi.
2: Okay, yeah. Uh, my name is uh, the, Ahmed Sanossi. I, I am, uh, I, uh, I have gotten my PhD degree from University of Wisconsin Madison. Then I worked in a number of uh, universities before joining the, the program at UVH in 2014. I have been teaching a number of courses in, uh, in the University of Houston and I am also the program Uh, the undergraduate program coordinator or director and i deal with all my the uh, my colleagues and also i have been doing a very kind of not very active but somewhat active in research. I have uh, my expertise in optimization and I have been working with the industry in order to have, uh, to con- conduct some innovation research. Hey, thanks Dr. Sinossi. Uh, let me go to
1: uh, Dr. Lu Gao. Dr.
2: Gao. Um, yes, thank
1: you Dr. Sean.
3: Hello everyone, uh, my name is Lu Gao. I'm a social professor from UH and I got my PhD from civil engineering at UT uh, Austin. And my research area uh, include data analytics, and uh, data driven decision making. Uh, my research projects are mostly sponsored by state DOTs and uh, construction companies. We use uh, information technology and the mathematical models to solve critical problems um, in civil engineering and uh, construction management. Thank you.
1: Thanks, Dr. Lu. Uh, next, uh, let me move to uh, Professor Dave Stasich. Um Professor Stasich has been with the industry, serving the industry for so many four decades before joining us as a professor full time. So now, Professor Stasich.
4: Well, my name- name is Dave Stasich. Uh, I got my master's degree from the University of Florida right before I retired. I spent about 45 years in industrial construction and, and I felt and urging to to pass on some of the knowledge that I learned during my forty five years to the the newer generation of construction specialists. And so, right before I retired, I was invited to to teach full time at University of Houston. And so, I'm doing that now, teaching three or four classes a semester.
0: Well, wonderful! I want to thank you all for being on one more time. And and really, it's an honor for me to be just have have this wealth of knowledge on the line and. And be able to share that all with the with the uh, community here. So thank you again. You know I'm really interested in the fact that you guys do have the first ever industrial construction program at U of H. Obviously, uh, our community at Innovate IPM is largely industrial, so it's it's very uh, it's very relative. Uh, also, very interested in the private versus unit or private and university research programs that you guys are conducting with private uh, organizations. I think we're going to talk a lot about that today. Uh, in fact, you know let's talk about innovation. Innovation and construction productivity, uh, from your perspective, Dr. Song.
1: Uh, thank you, Rob. I think people will definitely agree that the innovation is one of the main drivers for business success, and I think construction industry has no exception. Um, the owner always wants to have a better project delivery, um, faster, cheaper, safer, and a better quality. And uh, as people always say that if you want different results, you have to try different approach. So in other words, the industry need to stay innovative and do more. Um, I think if you observe what we've been doing, um, I think we've been doing a lot. Um, consider from CAD to building information modeling, modular construction, and integrated project deliveries. And we've been doing a, quite a bit and using the newer IT technology to improve. Full project performance. Uh, but, but I think we still should do more um, in terms of innovation because if you compare construction productivity in the last um, four decades, the productivity pretty stayed flat, especially when comparing with the other industries such as manufacturing were really lagging behind. So in that regards, we really need to do more and you know, be uh, innovative so that we can uh, better serve our customers. Um, I'm pretty excited to see more and more engineering and construction are investing in innovation and getting great results. Uh, for example, real-time tracking of uh, project performance, uh, data analytics, and machine learning to support estimating scheduling, project control, uh, and for example, using AR, VR for worker training, just to name a few. I think we're in a prime time prime time for innovation.
0: Yeah, d- definitely agree with that. And, and to your to the last couple, you mentioned VR and AR, that seems particularly relevant right now with the current COVID situation going on.
1: That's true. Everything is virtualized. Um, last year, just in time, we developed an a AR-based uh, safety game. So we're already rolling that in or construction safety class. So students don't really need to just reading the books or listen to lectures. They're actually using the AR um, to have a real-world immersive learning environments to learn safety firsthand.
0: So in, in addition to everything you said, you're also gamifying education. Yes,
1: that's true. I yeah. like play games.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very cool. I like it. So let's dig a little more into the, to the research portion of this thing. You know, uh, What is the role of the university researcher when we're talking about innovation and advancing the industry practice?
1: Uh, Rob, that's an excellent question. I, I think industry people probably think that a university professor are not in the construction business, so they won't be able to help solving my practical problem. I think in most cases, we have to say that, yes, that's true. Uh, for example, if solving daily operation you know, problems, um, yes, that's true. We may not be able to help, but, but when it comes to innovation, um, I think university professor and researcher can provide the greater value. They have a lot to uh, offer. Um, I, I think one thing we've been doing is uh, we team up our researchers with industry professionals so that they can offer a fresh look um, of the problem as independent third party and also introduce using cutting-edge technology and then solutions to the table. Um, of course, the key is to find a way to allow industry and university to work together because this is not a traditional model. Um, at the University of Houston, we focus more toward uh, applied research, or we call it innovation. In our book, uh, innovation means to using uh, existing knowledge or proven technology to uh, solve problems, improve product performance. So in other words, turning knowledge into money. Right? With that vision, we launched the uh, industry, you know, partnership program at UH uh, in 2016. I'm happy to share a little more details about this focus if we have time.
0: Uh, Yes, most definitely. And we do have time, so feel free to share as much as you
1: like. Sure. Um, I think the uh, we call it the Industry Innovation Partnership Program. The program is Promote uh, Industry-University Collaboration on Innovation, so exactly on the topic that we, we're going to discuss today. Um, I believe there is are uh, several features that give uh, some distinct advantage comparing with, uh, for example, an individual company has the in-house R&D um, effort right? compared to working with university in the innovation partnership. Uh, a few things come to my mind. First of all, we focus on problems that need a complete, new thinking and the cutting-edge uh, technology to, to you know, resolve the problem, um, we got a definitely manpower. Uh, just think about uh, companies, right? Um, any innovation effort considered to be highly uh, risky, and also they have, of course, the same time, high impact potential. By working with university research team, the company will immediately have access to a, a, a multidisciplinary team and expertise. For example, we've been work a lot with computer science, uh, business, engineering, or even sometimes involved education in the research program. So as soon as we collaborate with us, there is immediately a, a multidisciplinary team that you can utilize. Most of the company probably not uh, interest to hiring those people as full-time because after all, they're in construction, they're not in high tech or, or research industry like us. Mm-hmm. So the manpower, the labor resources of one of the advantages. Uh, the other thing is um, when we execute the projects, we make sure that our, our university researchers always work closely with industry partners um, through advisory council or communities and then making sure that from the definition of problem, possible solution, implementation, all the process, make sure that what we do can support industry needs. Right, Make sure that the solution are not only practical but also um, profitable. So just like what we do in EPC projects um, is a data process. Every time um, every stage, we're going to do a value of uh, research or return investment um, study. Make sure that the student, uh, sorry, the researchers, still generating value. Right. Otherwise, we're going to kill the projects, and that's many people refer to uh, "fail fast, succeed faster" culture. Right. We like to support that, and also at the same time, trying to help uh, the industry partner to minimize their financial risk. And another um, concern that many company has is before they write a check, and you know they really want to see the value of the research before um, they, they invest. So what we do at the university is we provide seed money. So with the seed money, we can get the project going, and we can sponsor. Uh, researchers and uh, research assistant students so that they can um, doing the early exploration uh, study and they can come up with alternative solutions and, and then prove that the concept will work before um, to the company of course and before they say that hey I want to you know, fund the projects and move forward right? and so I think that's another way to again minimize the uh, financial risk for industry partner um, a final comment so I think a lot of company interested in this intellectual properties right? uh, when you pay for the research do I own the research results I think the university being Uh, working uh, uh, very closely with the industry come up with very flexible IP options that including even um, uh, royalty-free exclusive lenses if the uh, industry partner want to own the IP 100%. Let me stop here. There are so many things about this uh, innovation partnership. I think uh, our website can provide a little more detailed information. Uh, But at this time, I I think I'll just stop here. People can contact me if they have any Um, uh, questions. At this time, I want to uh, uh, bring uh, Dr. Gao and Dr. NOSI to, to the podium um, because they've been working closely with several industry partners, including Floor, PCL, and other companies on um, several initiatives uh, in terms of field operation tracking, remote sensing, design optimization, and uh, using technology like um, artificial intelligence, simulation, and real-time uh, remote sensing. So I'm sure that they can share more experience with you on their successful uh, industry-university collaboration efforts. So, what projects are you
0: guys working on, Dr. Sanushi? Um, I believe you're working on a module transportation planning study.
2: Uh, yes, uh, we uh, we were contacted by uh, Bactel a few years ago about uh, the pro- uh, project, which is an innovation project in the uh, modular tra- uh, transportation. Which is uh, let me uh, try to explain a little bit the uh, the issue that we're uh, facing. The um, Bactel was facing facing is that the um, Modular transportation was uh, done uh, manually. So the planning was done manually. They don't use the spreadsheet to do the, uh, the planning and uh, with the fixed data, fixed durations, they don't have any risk. They don't include in that any risks. And uh, also it does not include so many, all the operational issues uh, during the um, the planning. So it was kind of uh, not efficient and it was uh, problematic for the company. So what they asked us to do is to come up with a better tool to be able to, uh, to for a, a bit more reliable uh, planning for the transportation module transportation and uh, Dr Song and myself we worked on this project and it was basically is is to come up with a, a event a discrete event simulation uh, tool that will be able to uh, to estimate the project total cost the time and risk and also be able to optimize the project plan and resource requirements so uh, what the pro- the simulation program is uh, doing uh, is is it will uh, consider all the uh, activities related to the transportation from the fabrication yard to the, to the construction yard going through the transportation and all of that so and uh, we had the, the program uh, includes about uh, 77, 57 activities that includes the activities in the fabrication yard transportation from the, fabric, the fabrication yard to the uh, to the uh, to the port then also then after that we go through the activities on the port then also then all the vessel and also then after that we consider the, the simulation considers all the, uh, tra- the 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 transportation in the, either on the sea or on the uh, the rivers uh, going through from uh, from the uh, the, uh, the initial port or the starting port to the construction site mm-hmm. and uh, the um, uh, what we the program is considering is the activities the, the durations we include the effect of risk we talk we, we the effect of weather uh, so many other uh, 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 so many other uh, 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 constraints or risk is included in that and uh, also uh, in the um, sea voyage we are going to have two type of uh, voyages uh, sea voyage and uh, river vi- voyage and we, are, uh, we consider all the problems related to that and uh, we also uh, talk about something which is very important related to uh, if we are dealing with uh, for example for the river uh, for river we have problems of uh, river locks uh, if they are uh, on the, the broken or something like that with them and they are not working, they are broken down and they, they cannot work. So in this case, we have the program is going to simulate that. So the, uh, the, uh, uh, all of these are included in the program. And uh, also, the, uh, there is something f- bigger. Uh, very nice feature is that the hiring of the barges, for example, during the uh, uh, the river uh, voyage, and uh, when we hire them or and, and hire them, this is also the program is going uh, to be able to do that. This one is an optimization of the cost, so to reduce the number of uh, uh, assets needed for the uh, for the work, and uh, all of these are included in the in the program. Gotcha.
0: Very good. It sounds very uh, very comprehensive. Comprehensive, actually. Yeah, I know, uh, thank you. Yeah. yeah I so it was
2: a like- very comp- a comprehensive program, and uh, it is kind of program that will be able to help the company and uh, make, give them, uh, uh, make them profitable.
0: Yeah, and definitely, you know, being at University of Houston, Houston actually being a huge logistics hub where we see a lot of things going in and out. I'm sure this this whole place was a playground for experimenting with these kinds of simulations.
2: Yes, ex- exactly, because our also the the uh, all our uh, project here are mainly project with uh, for the uh, e. p. c. Industry and uh, it's really uh, all of our projects here are modular projects uh, right. based on modular construction. So this is a very important uh, tool that can be used by companies.
0: What other benefits can this kind of simulation research offer to Bechtel's clients?
2: Yes, it is kind of. Uh, first of all, it will give them a more reliable uh, plan for the uh, for the uh, modal transportation. So uh, it it will it will have uh, and also it will. Uh, answers so many questions. Big uh, the questions related to the to the money or to the finance uh, financial issues. Mm-hmm. First of all, they will uh, the program will tell them how many fabrication sites they need. And how many birth they need? Is it one uh, optimum? Two is optimum? What is the number? Mm-hmm. And also the uh, it will tell them how many barges are we needing? How many vessels are we need So the, the optimum op- optimum numbers? And also the uh, it will deal with problems uh, if it happens during the um, uh, during the, uh, the during the, trans- uh, the transportation time. Mm-hmm. For example, if there is a uh, um, something happened during the, uh, the sea voyage, we can run the program again and fi- if uh, there is a change in the data da- duration or something like that happens, the program, the simulation program can be rerun and uh, there will be uh, an if-then uh, uh, solution to that. So mm-hmm. it's a kind of uh, um, a way to uh, to mitigate issues uh, that can happen during the uh, transportation uh, of the of modules. The, the sure. third thing, and the fourth thing that we also considered is the Im- impact of the weather on durations. And, uh, because it is sometimes, and also sometimes the frequency, if you have the link, for example, with hurricanes, anything like related to that, it's included in the, uh, in the, the program. Uh-huh. And, uh, the, the work schedule for workers during, for example, in the port, something like that is also included. So it, it is kind of, uh, uh, a very um uh, a program that addresses so many issues and will be able to to get you a very reliable plan for the transportation of money.
0: right yeah and all that sounds good you you said one uh, word and, uh, kind of if, piqued uh, my interest you, uh you said yeah. cost and and that's kind of the world that I live in and and a lot of what I do is on the front end of things pre construction i help i help owners and i help epcs develop cost budgets uh so when you touched on that one that that rang a bell a lot of times we'll be on the front end, planning out work and, and working with preliminary information. And you'd be surprised how many times that uh, uh, these types of logistical challenges that you're describing either get minimized or completely overlooked in the front end. So yeah, I can see
2: And uh, also the benefit. program can uh, can be used because it's simulation program can be used for uh, what if analysis, if, if something goes wrong, what will happen? And uh, it gives you some idea about uh, remedy the issues and also to, to optimize the plan and what is the best uh, the best plan that you can follow with that. And all of these are based on uh, user-friendly uh, programs. So it is kind of, uh, you have a 3D animation and all of that uh, that comes from the software. Oh, I bet that looks really cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. So why would this be a good time for any EPC team to participate in this kind of project with U of H?
2: I mean, it is kind of, uh, especially when we are dealing with uh, module transportation is, uh, is an issue that is It's crucial for the uh, modular construction. Why? Because... Any delay uh, in the uh, uh, in the arrival of the modules will uh, will cause a big big issue. Uh, the, uh, the final uh, the schedule first of all and the cost because uh, it will impact the uh, the project with uh, the, the schedule time and also the cost. And uh, in order to have especially when you are all of this planning is done during the feed phase where there is uh, a limited number of information. So uh, by having a program like this that would include uh, Uh, be able to uh, include risks and uh, getting better, uh, Uh how do you call it, uh, uh, better uh, uh, activities and representing the better transportation uh, process, it will be much uh, useful for the the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it's, uh, for example, what, what we were hearing from the company that we were working for is that, for example, if you, uh, you miss one day, it will cost you millions of dollars. So if you miss, if one module is arriving one day late, this one will cost about well, millions of dollars. Uh, and uh, millions of dollars of loss for the company. Mm. And th- this one is, uh, is very important now in this case. By our program, if you can program, this program can save you only one day, but so they are saving millions of dollars for the company. That makes it worth it. Yes, it is
0: worth <laughs> it. Yeah. Dr. Gow, let's, let's move over to you real quick. Um, so You're working on some yes. partnerships with University of Houston and Floor. Could you tell us a little about that?
3: Sure. Um, we actually just finished the project uh, sponsored by Floor last year. And uh, in this project, we uh, we assembled a team that uh, includes uh, flow experts and the UH faculties and the graduate students uh, from both construction management and the computer science department. And in this project, we were able to solve um, you know, some of the most challenging issues in the construction industry using the latest um, data analytics technologies and the sensing technologies. It was a very, a very successful project. Um, as Dr. So mentioned earlier, that uh, collaborating with uh, construction industry um, innovation research is, is always our priority. Um, we have, uh, in the past, we have worked with different companies on a variety of topics, like including uh, real-time data collection, data analytics, uh, integrating sensing technology with simulation. Um, and the nowadays, with the rapid development of uh, wireless sensing network uh, and internet of things, and recently, we have also been working on um, in how to keep the information flowing uh, in a construction environment in order to make uh, the construction site a smart construction site uh, in order to help make the right decision. And uh, another thing I want to emphasize about the floor project or any any innovation project we have been collaborating with industries is that uh, those type of project or collaborations are actually win for both sides. By completing the um, the sponsored research projects, our graduate students uh, also uh, gain very valuable experience and skills. I was actually told by several students that uh, the research experience helped them find their first job after graduation. I think uh, they they are very very happy about those experience and as faculty members, we are also able to bring back the research experience back to the castle to teach both the undergrad and the graduate students and to help them understand what's actually going on in the in the industry and including those current age uh, technologies. I think they're very happy about that. So, um I think um we are always looking forward to to uh, this type of university and industry collaboration opportunities. Uh, I think there are more more uh, those type of work coming in the future. Thank
0: you. Yeah, no, and I agree with that too. You know, we, we here on the podcast, I get to talk to a lot of interesting people doing a lot of interesting things within our industry. Uh, in fact, I probably ought to connect you guys up with some of them. They're so fascinating. You guys all would have a lot sure, in common, sure. uh, if nothing if nothing more than to talk shop. Um, but yeah, it, it's. Exciting exciting to me to see that technological changes that are that are coming down the way towards the construction industry. I've been in the construction engineering industry for for about 20 years and it's always been from, from a practitioner's perspective kind of antiquated, a little bit behind times, a little bit behind on technology. So it's exciting to me whenever I get to speak with, with gentlemen such as yourselves and that show me that hey man, coming right around the corner, we have some really, really good stuff in te- terms of innovation coming to the Engineering and construction world must definitely what we want our, our community to be involved with. So
3: that's true. Yeah, I think uh, Doctor Shaw mentioned earlier that this is the time that a lot of things, especially technology, are changing, fast changing, and we have to we have to adopt to this uh, this changing environment.
0: Definitely. Now, if I'm if I'm if I'm not wrong, Doctor Gal, you're, you're involved with some artificial intelligence, machine learning initiatives as well.
3: Yes, yes, and part of our research project are using machine learning, especially big data. Deep learning technologies to, uh, to extract information from, uh, vast amounts of, of, data. You know, for example, one of the projects we did for, for textile is to analyze the, um, the performance uh, data collected across the whole Texas on um, the pavement and bridges. And we use uh, deep learning technologies to analyze the deterioration curve. Uh, Of you know uh, highway infrastructure and help them uh, make uh, the best maintenance planning.
0: Nice, excellent. Thank you for that. And and then Dr. Zanussi, back to you again. We we have a project here with uh, PCL doing scheduling research. Uh, how would you describe this? It's called the resource-constrained scheduling optimization of Hydro-Testing activities. That's a big, long name. Could you break that down for us a little bit?
2: <laughs> yes. What we, uh, we I think we uh, uh, we just finished it, this project, and uh, uh, we were approached by the PCL about the uh, this kind uh, this project, which is basically. Uh, They have, uh, after they finish the the work of the piping work, they have to test it, make sure that there is no leaks. And uh, this is kind of... uh, this, this work ca- comes at the end of the project so they are very tight on the time so they want to have uh, something which is reliable to be able to come up a schedule that is uh, going to be uh, very um, reliable so that they don't get uh, delayed or the cost is high or something like that so uh, hydro testing uh, scheduling projects uh, of pro- uh, projects is presents very uh, several challenges why because it is a very large number of activities just mm-hmm. not on one We're talking about uh, tens of thousands of activities and they have limited resources. They cannot provide unlimited resources and the, the work has to be done in a very short period of time and they have so many constraints with that. And uh, they depends on other uh, previous packages or work packages that have been done before, so they, there is always continu- continuation with that. so all of these are uh, are issues that uh, need to be addressed by a system or a program or a tool you' able to give them some uh, uh, reliable solutions or reliable schedules. Mm -hmm. So, currently, what they do is based on the, the schedule is always based on the human, uh, they, they go through a best guess practice. So, they, they have, from experience, they come up with the, the schedule. They don't have any, uh, uh, way of of looking at uh, whether this schedule is optimum or not, and also it's not possible based on human uh, human mind to be able to come up with uh, uh, the best solution or a number of optimized solutions. Right. So that's what we uh, when we uh, when we uh, were started working on this one, we just formulate the problem as an optimization. So we have a number of activities that we want to uh, to make them in sequence or uh, in parallel or something, make them so that they the, the total cost is uh, is minimum, and also the duration is within the um, uh, within the uh, uh, within what is pre- prescribed for them, it's schedule. At the same time, we don't want to have a very big variation in the resources. So the, we, the, we don't want to have today 20 people working. Tomorrow is five uh, five working people. Then tomorrow after that uh, to uh, 30 30 working. So we don't want to have too much variation or fluctuation fluctuation in the uh, resources. So, uh, and uh, we used a program called the genetic algorithm that will be able to uh, to formulate, to to implement uh, this formulation. Could you say that name one more time? Uh, It's a kind of artificial intelligence program, which is kind of... Uh, optimization tool that will uh, that this one is kind of uh, emulate the human uh, genetic process or um, 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 biology biological uh, genetics okay so we start with a certain population of the solutions then we keep improving them by uh, the uh, genetic uh, uh, operators like uh, reproduction, uh, then crossover, mutation, all of that. And uh, this project is be- uh, this. Uh, this is the, the this theory or this tool, which is genetic algorithm, is based on that, based on the human or any uh, species uh, uh, genetic de- genetics. Right? Yes. And um, so, so excuse my ignorance. Is this what we call like a neural network? No. Yeah, neural network is kind of uh, it's uh, it's also artificial intelligence but uh, neural networks looks at the, how the brain works. So it's a, a kind of uh, different. This one is look at the genetics, and the other one looks... And we always we are trying to emulate the human, how the humans are, either from the neural, uh, neural point of view or from genetics point of view. And uh, the... Uh, how do you call it? Uh, uh, neural networks is not, usually it's not used for uh, optimization. M- mainly it's used for prediction and able to recognitions. For example, like uh, if you talk about uh, vision recognition or you talk about uh, uh, prediction of uh, future or something like that, it's, it's the neural networks are much better because they go through a number of historical data. And they will be based on that. They can predict or extra, extrapolate uh, the information for the
0: future. Mm, okay. So, so just um, to be clear, though, the the genetics simulation part of of this program, this is it sounds to me almost like you're using evolution to sort yes. of map the next optimization in the the process.
2: Yeah. So, so we start with a random set of. Solutions, say 100 solutions, which is a schedule. Okay, so we start with a random generated number of. 100, uh, 100 uh, randomly generated uh, solutions mm-hmm. then we go through a, a process to select the best one through the uh, these kind of operators or genetic algo operator mm, okay but at the end we will come up with a, a number of uh, solutions or uh, the solutions that are optimal what what we mean by optimum, it means that they uh, they uh, um, they minimize or optimize the objectives that we are talking about are we talking about the costs we are talking about if we are talking about the cost we look at the uh, the solution that minimize the cost if we are talking about duration is the minimum uh, that minima, minimize the uh, the duration or in our case, we are also looking at uh, how do you call it? Looking at three or four optimization, uh, uh, the op- objectives. So this one is called multi-objective optimization. It's not only one objectives. We are looking at. Uh, I think if I remember, it was about four. Objectives. We're talking about the time. We're talking about the uh, uh, the resources, uh, the variation of the resources. We are talking about the duration, uh, the cost, and uh, some other things. Excellent. Yeah.
0: yeah. And again, you know, these kinds of projects that you guys are performing with with private industry, you know, um, obviously we're we're coming into this podcast episode right here in a very challenging and unusual time uh, for construction in particular. But but why is it still a good time to to get in and and embark? These kinds of projects with U of H as an EPC?
2: I mean, it is kind of uh, so the the planning, as I mentioned, or the scheduling of the uh, testing activities is uh, very important because this is the end of the project, okay? If they are uh, any delay in the um, uh, in the in the uh, in these activities means that delay of the project and uh, what's the problem is this one they are very under stress uh, um, the company is under stress at that point because uh, all the activities have to be uh, completed within a very short period of time and it's we're not talking about thousands but we are talking about tens of thousands of activities then they have to be done uh, with, within a certain uh, short period of time I'm talking about few months. Uh, I we had some uh um some project that we wanted to validate our program with, and it was two months. Two months. They have a period of two months, and they have to, to do this kind of finish all of these activities within two months, which is very uh, difficult. And uh, also the uh, this one because you have thousands of uh, possibilities, and the human being will not be able to uh, to come up with uh, uh, solutions when you have thousands and thousands of uh, different varieties or different possible solutions. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why it is be, uh, the, uh, the program will come up uh, is better than humans in a way of scheduling because the program will be able to uh, to generate uh, solutions that the uh, the uh, the scheduler will not be able to 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 find and will not be about uh, will not be able to think about because it is uh, maybe it's out of the box for him
3: yeah. or for her
2: so and uh, so that's why it is kind of a very important program why because it helps in the planning it will uh, avoid to have problems during the, uh, the during the execution and if there is any problem in the execution uh, we can run the program again and find uh, for example, if we are it's a kind of updating the project, okay? so if, if there is any problem during the execution for the first month or something, and we find that there is a problem in the uh some of the activities are not available or they're not finished or something like that, we can run the program again with a new uh, set of data and we can find a better solution for them from that day until the end of the project.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And of course, right now being as challenging as it is with you guys and your your very uh, diverse team, as Dr. Song mentioned earlier, uh, innovation is a driver for business success. I think that that's, that's obvious um, after everything that you guys have described with the challenging times that we have the, the more optimization the more streamlining uh, that we can do on projects the better it's going to be in terms of cost and schedule and in terms of of the human element in general i believe uh, i think that, that putting people in the right place for the right purposes is an important thing and of course the work that you guys are doing i think contributes to that to that as well and i have a, I actually have a, a question for professor Stasich um, before we get back to dr song what what are the what are the big technologies that you see see as a, as a former practitioner in the construction management world, what are the technologies you're seeing on the research side that you think we'll be looking forward to in the very near future? Well.
4: I, I really got to back up uh, a little bit on that, because sure. th- there's another issue that's out there that maybe people don't recognize, okay. and that's the the adoption of new technologies in the construction industry. It's mm. very, Excellent. very slow. Uh, when I was working on my master's, I read an article, and the article was talking about adopting new technologies. And they said in the in the computer industry, when a new technology would come out, it would take them about six to eight months to adopt a new technology into their new products. And then on the other side, the construction industry, when proven new technologies come out, it takes, on average, 17 years. (laughs) Not months, years.
0: That's amazing.
4: A good example uh, that that happened during my career is back in the late 70s, early 80s, somebody came up with the idea of doing uh, density tests and compaction testing using a a nuclear density machine. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, The
4: the old sand cone method would take a minimum of 24 hours to get results back. The new uh, nuclear machine would would give the answer in a couple minutes hmm. yet it took the industry over 20 years to adopt that technology
1: that's amazing
4: yeah uh, another another example that's going on right now is uh, Traditionally, when welds were done out in the field, they would take x-rays or RT. Now they found that a newer, better technology is ultrasonics, yet so many companies will not get away from, from x-rays. Yep. Yet it's been proven that, that it saves a lot of time and money. Yep. So the question has to be asked, why? Why? Why is it so slow? Uh, and I think part of the reason is it's the old adage. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Mm. People have been working in the industry for years and they've been doing okay uh, the way they they've worked, and and they don't want to change. And I think part of the thing is they don't want to to risk using a new technology and it going bad, and they don't know how to fix it. Yeah. And and you know, so much of this new technology um, show, you know, they can show that there's sizable cost saving. So. Next question, how can this be turned around? Well, I think part of the, the, the solution is to have construction management programs, not just U of H, but all over the country, do research on these new technologies to show the cost savings and benefits. An example, is last year, U of H did some research on uh, some bolting technologies for flanges. Mm -hmm. Uh, The manufacturer was claiming that they could save uh, a lot of time when companies would bolt up big flanges. So they came to us and we did some research and we validated what they were saying. So in turn, they could go to conferences and and, uh, show using our research paper that that it's actually true. So we we have a a wide open field where we can Do that for a lot of different technologies. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we can uh, what we've done at at our uh, industry advisory board meetings is bringing in some of these uh, new technologies and showcasing them for for our contractors who are on our boards. Uh, a lot of times they're not even aware of it. And, and so it can really help them make connections with some new technologies that they can use. And then a third thing that I can think of is we can we can equip our students with these new technologies, show them how they can improve. And so these new students, when they graduate, they can take this to the new companies that they're gonna be working for. Excellent. And so this is this is a start, I think. Uh, when you say you know what what technologies do we really need to focus on? We need to focus on everything that comes comes out. We need to take advantage of everything because everything. because it's being more and more competitive as time goes by. Yeah,
0: and I think we're seeing a lot of that when especially when you're looking at the the larger EPCS, they seem to be a bellwether right now. There's a lot of restructuring, a lot of breaking apart, a lot of downsizing. And reallocating assets within the companies just to stay moving and afloat, you know, um, I think that, that that competitiveness is driving that, and, and I, I really see some disruptive, um, just business models in general. Not to get off topic, but business models even that that are probably going to affect all of that here in the near future. But you know, I, I think this is these are all great comments, uh, Professor Stasich. Most definitely, thank you, sir. You're welcome. So, Dr. Song, from a student's perspective, it looks like there's a lot of opportunity at the U of H construction management program um tell us a little bit about that what what would draw a student in to to learn about these kinds of research programs and their
1: participation in such Sure. Uh, in general, as I've um, talked about it before, we offer uh, bachelor programs in construction management and also a master program. And if you look at the, uh, well, regardless as grad and undergrad, we're trying to train people that um, are industry-ready graduates. So it means that they're not only book smart, but also they have the uh, latest industry practice and softwares, and they're familiar with those, so they're ready to make contributions to their you know, uh, organization. Mm-hmm. In terms of the undergrad, I think we're focused more toward, um, including the industry best practice and wherever possible, introducing new technologies that are being used in the uh, commercial construction or industrial. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you a couple of examples. For example, we introduced the best uh, practice training. Uh, one of it is the advanced work packaging, which is, you know, uh, golden standard here in the EPC sector. Many company are get on board with AWP. And now we're including this, um, industry best practice in our courses, which is spread into, um, eight different courses and student learning all the things about the concept, the benefit, and the procedures, and, and even the software that help implementing AWP, uh, smart plan construction. Um, another uh, example is we're trying to introduce um, new technologies uh, in a way to way to encourage student active learning. For example, um, like we mentioned about the virtual reality and augmented reality, we developed a safety game and for students to uh, go on to a job site in, you know, in the immersive environments to identify where is the safety risk, observing construction operation while thinking about the safety. Right. So that's a great example that using technology and expose students to cutting edge technology so they feel comfortable and hopefully that they can carry that spirit when they go to work and the thinking always innovatively, what our new technology can help improve the performance, right? At the graduate level, I think there is more to talk about in terms of research, like applied research and innovation. We're always trying to um, involve students in active research projects. So instead of thinking, uh, daydreaming on topics, they're really working with faculties and along with our industry partner to work on something more practical and real-world problems. So they learn the process. As you learned from Dr. Gao and uh, Dr. Sinosi, I think in the last um, couple of projects was, for example, back to on the floor. And after finishing the research, um, the student actually got hired full-time working with those uh, EPC contractors because mm-hmm. the project are successful, but the company are also like to retain the um, talent, right? They know the inside out of the research and show the Uh, company Worcester capability. So they are very naturally thinking that those are top candidates they can retain uh, beyond just regular construction manager, but they carry the capability to do uh, research and innovation. So uh, by the end of the day, I really want to uh, involve students in uh, real-world research. Those are very yeah. Exciting opportunity, not only interesting but also help them to land a job, which is very important for students. Apart part.
0: yeah, definitely, probably the most important, right? Yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. That, I think this is uh, this has been really great information. It's been great talking to you guys. I'm, I'm like I said earlier, I'm, I'm honored to have you all on. The kind of research that you're doing, I feel, is going to greatly impact our engineering and construction community. Uh, I'm sure it already is in some places, and, and hopefully, industry wide, very, very very soon so thank you very much for all of that